This message by Jeff Hodgson was recorded during a Sunday celebration service for Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Jeff serves as a pastor and bivocational elder at Cornerstone Church. What if someone built a place where you were surrounded by people who genuinely cared for you, who had helpful and encouraging things to offer, things to offer and to say, whose eagerness to serve you put you at ease and made for warm and relational encounters whenever you were with them. Yes, Chick-fil-A is a wonderful place. (laughs) Polite, helpful teenagers, tasty chicken. But what if you needed something on a Sunday? The place that I described is what the Lord is building in the local church. It is the church that he cares about. It is the church that Jesus purchased with his blood. It is the church that is the focal point for God's redemptive activity in this world. The New Testament pattern for the spread of the gospel and the care and nurture of God's people is through local churches being planted and the life together that God's people experience. God has invested much in his church, and he wants his church built up. Now, building something takes real skill and effort. When it came to building things, the Romans were pretty incredible. Now, as we all know, there were a lot of problems with the Romans. They didn't really have a particularly good legacy or track record of having dealt nicely with the people that their empire consumed. It wasn't because the pizza and spaghetti weren't kosher that the Jews took a dim view of them. No, the Romans took advantage of their military might and oppressed them with burdensome taxes and other very unpleasant things, as occupying forces often do. That being said, give credit where credit is due, the Romans were incredible engineers. We all know about the Colosseum and other Roman ruins, and if the barbarians and the medieval church hadn't damaged and stripped them of all the marble decoration that they had, they would be all the more impressive than they are today. But beyond these famous Roman ruins, there still exists incredible Roman engineering marvels. Uh, This is a photo, I think, of a nice tourist lady getting a drink from a public fountain. The inscription says SPQR, which stands for the Senate and People of Rome, kind of a MAGA of the day. And below that also it says Aqua Marcia. Aqua Marcia is the name of a 91 kilometer long aqueduct built before Christ 
which is still bringing water from the surrounding mountains into Rome. And I'm here to tell you it is the most delicious water in the world. The next picture is from France. So not all of Rome's engineering feats were just in and around the city of Rome. This is also part of an aqueduct that still stands 2,000 years after it was built. Stripped of its marble decoration, yeah, you can imagine if that thing were all covered in shiny, smooth marble. Stripped of that, but yes, still standing. Pretty impressive. Well, how do amazing things like this get built? How did the people of those ancient times put up those awe-inspiring structures or have the benefit of fresh water being provided to them from the surrounding mountains? Building things comes from a vision and communication and equipping and encouragement to pitch in on a monumental task. And this is how God is building up his church. Paul essentially lays out this pattern in Ephesians 4. If you have your Bible, do you please turn to Ephesians 4? We are going to look to verses 11 through 16. And then we're going to consider some practical applications. Ephesians 4. This is God's Word. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I think the Lord would have this message for us today. Embrace God's plan for building up his church. We'll look today at how God's strategy is executed in part through public and private counseling. What an amazing thing to be ministered to by Almighty God as we consider his gracious word. Let's pray that the Lord would care for us and reveal himself and his good intentions to us. Lord, Thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. 
Thank you that we come to a God who is eager to give grace. So, Lord, give us grace in these moments to come that we would see in your words and see in the activities of this local church your good intention, your heart to build this place up that it would glorify you and it would do good to the members and to the world around it. We pray all these things for your glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, so what we clearly see in this passage is that God has a project in mind. He is building something. He is building and maturing the church and its people. And he gives particular offices and roles and people to help with the project. The Lord has in mind what he wants his church to become, and he uses people toward his good ends. His plan starts with agents armed with God's truth who would serve to help that happen. Folks who preach the gospel and encourage and guide and teach and equip everyone for the work at hand. The pastor's job description doesn't say run around and do all the ministry for a passive collection of people. No. The pastor's calling is to equip active members of the local church so that they will all do ministry. We, all of us, bear each other's burdens. We all serve. We all minister. And so our desire is that every time someone steps into this pulpit on a Sunday morning, he does so with the aim to equip the saints to do ministry. First, by conveying God's word that counsels and encourages every individual who hears. And second, by encouraging that we hide that word in our hearts to be used at the right time for someone else who needs it. The Sunday preacher speaks words of gracious encouragement to address the heart of every listener to build him or her up in their faith. So just like an engineer who would want to have a grand aqueduct uh, built, he requires experienced masons and skilled craftsmen. Likewise, the Lord wants to make his people mature and skilled in his truth. Perhaps you are aware that I dabble a bit in biblical counseling here at the church. Um, the guy who heads up the biblical counseling efforts uh, in the church is Jake Simmons, kind of my boss. And he and the rest of the pastor's vision for biblical counseling here at Cornerstone Church follows this pattern of Ephesians 4 for ministry. What we want is for everyone to grow in maturity and faith and skill armed with God's truth 
so that they are strong in their faith. Faith comes from hearing God's Word and receiving it, and a strong faith makes for gracious ministry. As we preach, we believe the Holy Spirit is at work in all of you, building up the saints. And as he builds up the saints, he is equipping you to be ministers. So given this conviction, we are very excited about our upcoming preaching series this summer that Bill talked about. And while we believe that every sermon every Sunday has encouraging and equipping aspects, preaching on the Psalms has that in spades when it comes to counseling. As we read the Psalms, we join myriads of God's people over thousands of years whose heart cries are just like ours. We live in the same fallen world they did, where our sins and the sins of others bring about suffering, where our own frailty and weaknesses discourage and vex us, where we find ourselves facing circumstances that simply are too big for us to face where we become aware just how much we need God, but at times feel very far from Him. That was their world. That is our world. So the Psalms help us. It's good to know that we're not alone, that God has always heard the same cries from His people, and He has met them with his grace. It's good to have words to put to our soul's unease. How kind of God to preserve these songs for us and to ordain them with the power of the grace of Scripture for our ready access. It's good to have these wonderful words of comfort and of clarity. Have you had times when you are anxious or afraid? Have you found yourself feeling far from the Lord? Have you had times when you were just really in the dumps, feeling depressed? Have you wondered about God's leading you? Have you found yourself envious of others and how easy they seem to have things? Have you had questions about God's providence? These are the kinds of things we deal with. These are the kinds of things the Psalms deal with. God knows us and cares for us, and he gives us words to put to our questions and our longing. So I think this is going to be a great series. We're going to come from it saying how kind of the Lord to draw near to us, and to e encourage and equip us. We do have an all-star lineup of preachers scheduled for this series. Actually, you just get us. <laughs> Critically, what you get is God's Word. 
And because of that, it is going to be a great series. We will be counseled this summer as we hear these psalms preached. We will grow. We will mature. So take advantage of this series. Hide these words and their teachings away in your heart. And when you run into the dangers, toils, and snares of this life, let God's songs comfort you. So this is what we mean when we talk about public counseling. Public counseling happens every time someone steps into this pulpit and shares God's word with God's people. It happens at CCK every Sunday. So may we find ourselves built up each time we sit under God's preached word. So God does build through public counsel, but he also builds through private counsel. So now we would say that we saints have been encouraged and equipped, and there's now a call on our lives to go out and use that encouragement and equipping to do ministry. And what does that look like? Well, in biblical counseling circles, we have the categories of public counseling that we just considered, and also private counseling, which can be either of a formal nature or an informal nature. And all are expressions of what Paul is talking about in verses 15 and 16. Let me quickly recall those verses. He writes, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So it's a simple formula. As we speak the truth and love to each other, we are mutually built up. The church is being built up. The truth comes from God, and we are equipped with it each time we commune with him. We meet him through the preaching of his word, as we just talked about, and also through the sacraments of the church and our prayers. Then we must put that communion with God to work in loving each other. Does it really make sense to hold to communion with God, but not to love his people? Just like the two great commandments, loving God and loving neighbor, go hand in hand, they are inseparable, and they don't make sense apart from one another. Communing with God and then loving our neighbor honors God. It's good for those we love and care for, and it's good for us as we do. It builds us all up. Now, is that not beautiful? As we care for others, we also grow in maturity, unity, significance, and satisfaction. Because God is not a harsh taskmaster. When he says he wants to equip his saints for ministry, he is not calling us to something onerous. He's calling us to something beautiful. 
He's calling us to say, I've set you up to go and love others, and you will be so glad that you did. These are, there are two ways that we see God's plan getting played out in private counseling here at, at CCK. Sometimes we can, we can think of counseling only in this first way I'll, I'll discuss, but there's really a, another. We do have people in the church whom God is particularly equipping to do a more formal kind of counseling. Our biblical counseling ministry team members are wonderful people who have been especially equipped with grace to meet in more scheduled, more intentional kind of settings. These are private meetings that occur for a season to address a particular challenge or trial or work through a process seeking wisdom for life. They can focus on conflict resolution or marriage counseling or unpacking anger or bitterness, any number of issues that we face. There are a lot of things that we can talk about. These meetings might include a book study done together or perhaps a closer look at a particular passage of Scripture or just working through some difficult questions. Questions that we might not ask ourselves but need to be asked. So, for example, when I'm angry, it's because I think something is going on that isn't right or just. Perhaps my anger feels appropriate to me, so I might not be asking myself the right questions about what is actually going on in my heart. Maybe my anger isn't because there's an affront to God and his kingdom. Maybe my anger is because I think there's an affront to me and my kingdom. And maybe that's affecting my relationships that I have. I need someone in my life to speak the truth, God's truth, to me in love. That's the kind of friend who will help me to engage with the Lord's truth and to grow. Formal counseling settings are great places to be able to ask what we call these x-ray questions, questions that really reveal what's going on inside of you, inside of your heart. Revealing things like what I'm truly craving or, or trusting in. They're private, they're structured, and I find them often to be very, very helpful. And because God is so kind, I also, I also find that those times knit the hearts of counselor and counselee together in unexpected and lovely ways. I love the times that I have had meeting with people, working through things. And I often will sit and just wonder at how kind the Lord is to give opportunity for us to come in and sit down together in his presence and to be able to think about, does the Lord have anything to say about our lives? And to have him say, oh yes, I do. And for us to enjoy that together, it knits my heart to this person that I'm sitting with. It's a wonderful and, and lovely thing. But not all private counseling comes in the form of these more formal kinds of setting, 
Every time we meet for coffee or go for a walk together or chat after church or pray for one another or bear each other's burdens in community group, there is opportunity to speak the truth in love. And this is that other kind of counseling that I'm talking about. It's private, but it's informal. And it should just be happening all the time. When we think of counseling, we shouldn't ought to think of just meeting in an office somewhere. We ought to think of counseling as this is what we do. (laughs) This is how we live our lives. This is a way that we love each other and care for each other. And God is building up his church as it happens. And in these moments, is there anything better than being reminded of God's great love for us? To hear again the way he views us as his beloved children because we are in Christ. To remember that he has not forsaken us in the midst of our trials and that one day he's going to make all things right even to hold out an eternal and glorious future with him. That the gospel matters in our lives. Is there anything more wonderful to hear than that? And we can do that for each other. These kinds of interactions don't require a formal kind of setting. They can be spontaneous and in a group context and they can be just as helpful and lovely. For the one seeking help and for the one bringing grace, there's a bond of fellowship. And for the others who may witness that going on, a chance to see the beauty of the church and the power of God's grace to comfort and to encourage. This is what we can do for each other. We may not always be able to bring a practical solution to what's going on or to to fix all of the problems uh, right away, but what we absolutely can do and should always do is help draw attention to the nearness of God and His favor toward us because of Christ. As we hurt, as we suffer, As we seek clarity and wisdom, we are being built up as we call upon the Lord together and remember Him. Sounds pretty great, right? And yet, we need to face the fact that there are some pretty significant obstacles to laying hold of this great deal. We have enemies who aren't on board with the idea of the importance of building up the church. The devil hates that the church is being built up. He will try all sorts of ways to discourage us from it. This is spiritual warfare. So there's an aspect of every time that we sit down together and encourage one another in love with God's truth, we are conducting spiritual warfare. We are standing opposed to the schemes of the enemy. And that's pretty satisfying. Second, our flesh gets in the way. Our pride often makes us 
hesitate to be vulnerable with others. We don't want to feel inferior or weird because we have some kind of struggle going on. Well, guess what? We all have struggles going on. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And third, the world woos us with promises of alleviation of suffering and easy solutions to problems. If you'll only just do this, it will be easier for you. Well, if we're not careful, our expectations might be informed by that kind of thinking. And we can be discouraged when the church doesn't seem to respond to our struggles that way. Simply put, we can have wrong ideas about what we should expect. If we think that the biblical counseling ministry team folks have all the answers to life's problems and practical solutions that meet every need and make our lives easy, we may be disappointed to find otherwise. They are mature people who do have lots of wisdom and, and lots of practical solutions as well, but that's not what they're primarily about. They know that God is at work in each believer's heart and is ordaining circumstances geared toward our trusting in him and growing us to be more like Christ. And sometimes that's just hard, and it stays hard. God is the one who is sovereign over our circumstances. He has ordained them, and he will decide the outcome of them. Ministry team folks, don't pretend that they will walk into your life and fix everything that's difficult. Will we seek the Lord's mercy together and, and ask him to alleviate our suffering? Will we pray for the Lord's provision? Will we seek to lay hold of God's grace together? Absolutely. And we love it when God mercifully brings us relief in those moments. Things happen when we pray. God uses our prayers in lots of ways. We love it when God mercifully brings us relief. But we trust him that he is doing all things right, whether we see a change in the circumstance right now or not. I've heard it said before that counseling outside the local church is better because counseling in the local church doesn't work. Well, I think that's a wrong I think that's the wrong idea of things. I think it's missing the point. Counseling only fails when it doesn't seek to draw our attention to the one who is sovereign and the grace he brings to walk through whatever trial he ordains for as long as he ordains it. We all know that in life, not everything gets fixed like we would prefer. Sometimes the cancer comes back. Sometimes the work situation continues to be hard. Sometimes relationships with people remain difficult. In every case, however, there is opportunity to grow in our communion with God and to grow in grace. And those are invaluable helps in our persevering through trials and our union together. 
Counseling in the local church is geared toward that. And if we have hearts open to this, counseling in this place is wonderfully effective because God loves to draw near to his people. And as he draws near to his people, he builds us into one another. To be given access to each other's lives is a precious and privileged thing, a thing that knits our hearts together, a thing that has eternal consequences. Roman marvels will crumble into dust, but the church of Jesus Christ in its unity will last forever. Let's lay hold of that today. As R.C. Sproul was fond of saying, right now counts forever. Let's lay hold of that. We get to see today some of what remains of Rome's incredible engineering feats, but their great building accomplishments don't have the splendor they once had. Why? Because even if things are built well, they have to be maintained and protected Vandals and thieves will come and steal the marble. Wind and rain will erode. This summer, we're drawing attention to the building up of God's church through the truth of his word and with counseling with each other. CCK is being built up. It's good for us to give attention to that. But you know what? It's way better than anything the Romans ever did. It's not going to be a one-time project that can be left to the ravages of time and the enemies that we face. We're going to build and we're going to protect by God's grace. It is His building project, which means that His grace and His power are the driving forces behind it. Because of Christ we have been reconciled to God and His abundant grace is ours to lay hold of. Grace for His beloved children to stand in the midst of what He has called us through. Grace for us to love one another and care for another and then watch what happens. This is a project that we can imagine with great hope and joy. Because God, who is faithful, has committed to this cause. His truth and grace are way better than Roman ingenuity. So let's receive his promise to use us in each other's lives to build us up. For that is his desire, that we would be built up. His church would be built up. And he just never stops caring for how things are going with us. He wants this wonderful experience for us to be united in his church and to glorify him with our lives. That we would be a part of something grand and glorious. Be part of a place like that. A place made up of people united and faithful and mature and dignified, and wise, and steadfast, and strong. I want to be in that place. Oh, that we would come to know this more and more. We don't do it perfectly yet, far from it, 
but we want to grow. We want to take every experience that God ordains for our church and learn from them, to grow in grace through them, to grow in faith for ministering to and loving one another, that we would be built up in love. Public, formal, and informal counseling is happening here at CCK. We are in awe of the wisdom of God for his church, and we are excited to see what God will do as he is building us up in love. And I can think of no better way to conclude this message than for us now to receive the Lord's Supper together. So, will you please join me in praying as Kevin and the worship team come up and we begin to prepare our hearts to receive this encouragement of grace. Let's pray. Lord God, how marvelous are your plans, how beautiful is your heart, how amazing it is our privilege to be a part of what you are doing. You are good, and you are kind, and you are merciful, and you are wise, and we worship you. Lord God, we pray that you would give us grace, that we would be built up to strengthen this church, that we would grow up together in maturity and in love as we speak the truth in love to one another. May it be that we have an ever-growing awareness of all of those opportunities that you provide where we can speak those words of grace, where we can remind each other of your nearness to us, of your incredible loving heart, of your mercy and goodness that we enjoy because of our Savior. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and living the perfect life that we could not live and for suffering the perfect death that has taken away our sin and has, has reconciled us to our Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are present here and at work, that you are empowering us for ministry, that you are building us up, that God's church would be built up. To you be all glory and honor and praise, triune God, forever and ever and ever. Amen. You've been listening to a message given by Jeff Hodgson during a Sunday celebration service at Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. To find out more about Cornerstone Church of Knoxville, visit us at www.cornerstonechurchofknoxville.com or call our church office at 865-694-4356. We'd love to have you join us in our mission to treasure, grow in, and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ.